All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Thursday, October. I'm sorry, November second of 2023. Here already in November. Uh, looks like we have a four game NBA slate on tap tonight. We have a 12 game hockey slate. We have three games of college football. PGA teed off earlier this morning, and we have Thursday night football. So that is in total five sports of action coming at you tonight. MLB is finally over. The 2023 season is done. If you guys missed it, the Texas Rangers ended up winning the series yesterday and winning the World Series. So congratulations to them. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. If you guys have questions, you can get them in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at SaberSim.com. Second way, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord and want to get signed up, there is a link in the description of this video a couple of the other links in the description here which i will pull up first one is to our weekly max challenge for DraftKings. here you can get access to weekly prizes season-long prizes is it is it is a free promotion slash giveaway we do during the nfl season here so just use the green enter the challenge button when you click the link in the description and then we also are running a max challenge for owner's box as well as DraftKings here so you'll also get uh access to awesome prizes here so both links are in the description of this video and we'll tell you guys how to participate. So check those out and get in on the action. But with that said, going to get SaberSim pulled up here and then we are going to jump in to some of the questions here. So it looks like our first question came in from GA33 here. So I'm going to get this one in the chat. And question says, for NBA, if between games locking, the Sims show no significant projection changes, is there any reason slash advantage to late swap? Okay, this is a great question to get started with. So what it means is that there are no significant projection changes for the games that haven't started. So like if, if we're looking at tonight's slate, there is an hour between each game starting so if, you know, you're in between this 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock Pacific window here, as the games are getting closer to 6, you know, the lineups run, the lineups are as expected here, you're going to see that message, no significant projection changes if you're in the NBA lineup alerts channel in Discord. That's just for the upcoming game. The actual live sims are still running, and those are constantly changing depending on how the game is going. So... If you have the ability to, I would definitely suggest late swapping before each window to take advantage of the live game sims. And, you know, remember that we are running those about every five minutes here. We are taking into account what the players have done to that point in the game. What are the minutes distributions for the players? Are some players playing more than we expected? Are some players doing worse than we expected? You know, and that will affect the overall projection of the player. So, like, with an hour, if you look at if, if you ran a late swap at say 505 and then you ran a late swap at 555, you can get very different results because we have that 50 minutes of game that has been played for the other games that have already started. So for those reasons, I would suggest late swapping before every next game start if you can. All right, really good question there. Next question here from Bill's Nut. Question says. When playing different contest types in NBA and late swapping, 
Is it better to late swap each contest type individually or lump them all together? If lumping them all together, how do the right lineups make it into the right contest type when saving the contests? Also, if lumping together, which contest sims get used on them and which sim risk adjusted ROI should they be sorted by? Okay, good question here. So we're going to cover like kind of best practices here. So, so the ultra best practice would be to late swap each contest individually. That gets very hard to do when you are playing a large portfolio of contests. So you're going to have to cut some corners. Okay. So the way that I like to do it is kind of the same way that I run my original build. So I'm somebody, I like to run two builds if possible. I like to do a single entry and three max build. I like to do a 20 max and 150 max build. From there, I'll just tell you guys what I do. I pick one contest from each build, from each, I'm going to call them, I'm just going to call them two builds. So I pick one contest and then I use that contest sim for all of the lineups. So say I'm playing five single entries. I will pick the single entry that I care the most about and then I will use that contest sim for all five lineups that I'm playing. It's not perfect. You know, a perfect version would be to run a contest sim for each lineup. So, you know, you build one lineup, you run one contest sim. You build lineup two, you run contest sim two. So that's that's more like ideal. But, uh, you know, NBA, a lot of late breaking news. Uh, sometimes it's even hard to just run two. So that's the way that I do it. I break it into two builds. I run one contest sim for both builds. And do it that way. Not to say you have to do it that way. Some people like to run one build for everything just because news breaks so late and it makes it easier to manage your late swap. So what they will do is either they will run one contest sim or they will run like 10 contest sims all within the same build and then sort differently. So remember in the contest sim settings, you could build up to 10 contest sims at once. So what you could do is have all your contest sims, have one build, run them all at the same time, and then just go through and sort by the different contest sims and and uh, fill your lineups, basically. So that's that's a different way to do it. But me personally, I like to split it up and then do it from there. So uh, those are some of my best practices. All right. Next question says, In contest flashback for NBA, what's the difference between sim ROI and live sim ROI? Does sim ROI use only projections before the slate launch? Great question. And yes, you are correct. So sim ROI is going to be like, hey, you know, uh, basically after. So so my understanding is sim ROI is after the slate is over. So like, hey, when we get to actually see all of the lineups, we are going to run our post contest sim and then we are going to see how those lineups graded out. The live sim is basically projecting what it thinks the remaining slots in the lineups that still have available positions and available salary are going to be and kind and trying to like guess like hey, you know, we think the field is going to play these lineups based on what positions and salary they have remaining. When we look at that this is how your lineups grade out compared to those. So the live sim ROI is guessing a little more because it doesn't have all of the information. But as more information becomes available, that live sim ROI gets to kind of um, zone in and be like, hey, you know, uh, there's two games left on the slate. You know, these are how your lineups are looking. So that number is is changing constantly. The sim ROI post-contest will tell you like, hey, you know, uh, when we played it out a hundred thousand times, when we could see all the lineups, 
this is what this is how your portfolio of lineups ended up doing. All right. Next question here says, does adjusting for risk by using min uniques and setting max exposure affect overall ROI long-term or is it more to avoid large swings? Great question. So, so uh, Will talked about this actually a little bit in our recent pro video. So if you guys missed it, if you guys are on the pro plan or the ultimate plan, you guys get access to our pro exclusive content. Jordan and Will just did a video about this, I believe yesterday. And the thinking here is that if you had unlimited bankroll, if you had unlimited time, then you would always just want to play the highest ROI lineups because you're going to get the biggest return. Problem is most people are not operating with an unlimited bankroll. They do have, you know, a certain amount of money that they can allocate to that. So you need to be more conscious of the swings of DFS. So really what you are doing when you're using menu needs, when you are trying to diversify your portfolio, when you are not just playing the highest ROI lineups, you are trading some amount of ROI for less variance in your lineup set. So when you're playing the highest ROI lineups, those lineups are usually going to be pretty concentrated. They're going to be a lot of the same players who Saberson identifies are the best plays of the slate. A lot of the same groupings and combinations. So when Mini Uniques is set to one, that means that you could share every lineup in your set could have eight out of nine players the same. When you start to increase that number, then you're basically telling the builder you need to play lineups that are not all like all very, very similar. And then at that point, you know, the builder is going to go deeper in your pool and deeper in your pool to go find more lineups. Well, the ROIs are going lower and lower and lower, but you are trading that for that decreased variance. So ultimately I think it's a good trade for, you know, 99.9% of DFS players. I would really recommend following that strategy and continuing to use those tools. All right. Next question here from Sammy. And then we will jump over to the YouTube chat after this one. So Sammy said, hi, Andrew, based on how the Sims run as well as the contest Sims for NFL, is it better to curate quarterback pool to get certain stacks instead of crafting any rules? I also noticed when I was running the PGA builder, it does not like rules some exactly X number. I have noticed that for other sports as well. And I always get the strict error message. Main thing to notice that causes I have any rules with exactly. And I get the error regardless of what the rule is. Any thoughts? Thanks. Okay. So if you're running into an issue with a rule, what I would do is when it happens, like, like right when it happens, if you have the time, send us a quick report, go to the top, right? Use report a problem. Give us a brief description. Like, Hey, build is failing when I use my rule. And then I would also encourage you, please do not delete the rule. Just uncheck the rule and build without it because then that'll give us a chance to figure out, you know, what rule is he using and, uh, you know, what what is going on, right? So that will, you know, we'll probably ask you like, hey, send us a screenshot of the rule and you can send it to us and then we could work our magic from there. But uh, sending us a report right away, very important. I did want to mention this one. This is like a little tangent. If you guys are having issues with SaberSim, leading up to lock, please do not wait until after lock to reach out to us. Like we want to do everything we can to help you guys get your lineups in on time and, you know, help you to have competitive lineups. If it's 20 minutes to lock and, and you just can't get SaberSim to work, like send us, a, send us a message right away. We, we try really hard to be around during lock times and, you know, uh, 
the first couple of late swap windows and just try to be available for you guys. So last thing we want is for you guys to miss lock or end up with, you know, only one lineup and you have like mm -hmm. 150 and you're running a big train. So we want to do everything we can. So uh, just reach out to us, but getting back to the questions here. Uh, first question was based on the Sims, based on how the Sims runs is better to curate your pool or use uh, rules. Um, there's not like a, uh, one option is better than the other here. I think that if there are quarterbacks, you know, you don't want just uncheck them. Like, like I will never play, you know, X quarterback, just uncheck them. And then you're going to get more lineups that look like uh, what you want them to look like with the players that you are uh, actually okay playing. Right. If you want certain, you know, stack constructions, then I would use rules. Right. So if you're, you know, like, Hey, I always want a QB, plus two or bigger, like, or something like that, like just throw in a rule and then that'll be easy. But for those individual players, I would just uncheck the ones you don't want and, and handle it that way. All right. That was our last question in the discord, jumping over to the YouTube chat. Patrick said, am I doing late swap the wrong way by pressing the late swap icon then instead of hitting rebuild lineups for NBA? Okay. Good question. So uh, first I do want to call out our late swap tutorial. I did update it within the last week here. So if you go to our help docs in the top right hamburger menu, you scroll down, you're going to see this tutorial, how to late swap. Okay. This is a new video updated for the changes for live Sims and ownership and for this NBA season. So check out that video. I'll actually just link it in the description here in case anybody needs it. And then when you late swap, basically there's two ways to do it. You can use the double pointing arrows. This will give you a new build workspace. Or if you have, you know, lineups in a build with a bunch of work that you did to minimize exposures to projection adjustments, et cetera, here, you can right click on the build name at the top. When the slate is active, you will see a late swap option. And then that will clone the build. So if you took players out of your player pool, if you had filters, if you had any of those things, it will carry those over to your swap build so you can late swap and not have to redo that information. So those are the two ways I would follow one of those two ways. And then I would also check out our late swap tutorial. Noah said, I'm having a tough time finding 20 lineups that favor the Titans winning in a close and low scoring game. So what I would do here is I would adjust the team totals, right? So if I go over to NFL here and I want to say, Hey, I think the game is going to be close. I think the Titans are going to win. I would make the Titans the winning team, right? So maybe I go to my team stacks. Maybe I say that, you know what? I think the game is going to be uh, closer to, you know, 14 to 10 or something like that, right? So Titans 14, Pittsburgh 10. What we are going to do is we are going to filter out the Sims and we're going to start discarding Sims until we get the new mean team totals to what you have set. So the good thing about doing it this way is that the game scripts are still going to be accurate for games that ended near this score, right? So by filtering here, you're not just, you know, uh, aggressively changing projections like, like, okay, you know, he wants to use these Sims. Let's go and look at, you know, this subset of Sims and then use those to build their lineups, right? So this is a good way to do that by changing these game totals here. So I would suggest doing that. Noah said, also, how can I filter down lineups without the QBs that still offer good lineups? Uh, so there's not like a great way in showdown specifically to filter by position here. So the, the, the reason for that 
is because DraftKings handles these players as captains and flexes. It does not handle them as quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, etc. here. So it gets a little tricky. What you can do, what, what I would suggest doing here, is probably increasing my, my number of my lineups to the size of the pool to start. So I'm going to put them both equal. And then I'm just going to start looking at lineups that don't have the quarterbacks and the flex. So I'm going to use the minus icon. So like, hey, lineups without Kenny Pickett, lineups without Will Levis. So then now there's 49, but then I also have to go to my captains. Like, okay, show me lineups without Will Levis captain and without Kenny Pickett captain. So now there are 31 lineups here in my 200 that have no quarterbacks in both the captain spot or the flex spot. And you could use these minuses to get to those lineups that you were looking for. And then from here, you can see what these lineups are, right? Uh, see if they pass the eye test for you. See what the uh, Sabre scores are, et cetera, here, right? So if you're looking to do something like that, I would use the plus and minus icon filters. All right. Next question. Uh, Patrick said, Augsburg and Prince were late scratches post-lock. NBA is back in form. Yeah, man, it didn't didn't take very long either. I'd say, you know, a solid uh, less than 10 days here before we started getting post-lock scratches. So not not a uh, fun experience for, for anybody, really. Bob said, for MME bros, is there any way to see what lineups changed and what changed when late swapping or are we pretty blind to it outside of looking at exposures? Great question. We are working on some updates to make this more visible to you guys. So uh, definitely have heard this request and the team is working on some awesome late swap stuff that hopefully will be out really, really soon and uh, make this experience a little bit easier for you guys. So more info to come on that front. Bob. Uh, Patrick said, I've been waiting for Saberson to bring back that feature. Yeah, no, definitely in the works, guys. And I think you guys are going to like it. Uh, Patrick said, just wanted to confirm that Saberson will not support college basketball this season. Uh, so I'm not 100% sure. You know, those decisions don't uh, always, uh, you know, make it to my desk here. But uh, we definitely do want to support as many sports as possible here. So it really just depends on some of the priorities. I think those things are being worked out on the back end by the team here. So not a hundred percent sure. Don't want to say one way or the other. All right. This is our last question at the moment. Everybody, Patrick said, how do you manage lead swap builds? If you're playing on both sites and you can only run one swap at a time before switching over to the next site, especially if you're under the gun. Great question, man. So if you guys didn't know, you can, you can have multiple tabs of Saber Sim open at the same time. So I do this all the time. So what I will do is I will have, you know, Saber Sim, uh, you know, let's say that I'm playing basketball on DraftKings. So then I'll have SaberSim basketball DraftKings open in this tab. And then I'll sign into SaberSim on a second tab here. And then in this second tab, I will have SaberSim basketball FanDuel open. And then from here, you know, I could just run them all at the same time. So I'm just going through and I'm, and I'm clicking, right? So like, I'll show you guys. So uh, let's say that I want to build some lineups for DraftKings. Okay. You know, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to go to sim mode. I'm going to build 5,000 lineups. I'm going to kick that off. And then I'm going to go to my FanDuel tab. And then I'm going to come in here and then I'm going to kick my 5,000 lineups there off. So these two are running simultaneously here, but because they're on different sites, then it's not going to affect it here. So I would highly recommend doing this uh, because this is a huge time saver if you are playing on multiple sites. But yeah, no, great question.
Noah said, uh, for NFL showdown with the low scoring games, it many needs or geo mean that shows the best lineups. Uh, so, so those are not exactly sorting metrics, right? So what Mean Uniques is, is a diversification tool. And what GeoMean is, is a way to limit your duplication of your lineups. Personally, what I would do is if you are on the ultimate plan, then I think it's fine to use, you know, risk-adjusted ROI, ROI if you want. If you're not, I would stick with the Sabre scores. I'll tell you guys what I've been doing. I have been using the contest sim ROIs as a filter and I have been sorting by Sabre score because I like having that sim optimals uh, metric. And personally, I don't feel like I can build a custom metric that is going to be as back tested as heavily as our Sabre scores are. So, uh, you know, I, I've thought about messing with custom metrics, but I really just wouldn't know how to put the weights or like how to test my uh results if if my custom metric is is better than some of the pre-generated sorting metrics so i like to use saber score here so sort by saber score and then you can use geo mean as a filter as a rule to get lower duplicated lineups you could use mini uniques to diversify your portfolio but i but one you can't sort by mini uniques two i would highly recommend not sorting by geometric mean because you're going to get these very very wonky lineups if you're sorting geo mean lowest to highest all right. Uh, Cameron said, can you share any advanced late swap tips? Uh, we might not already know. Uh, yeah, man. No, I mean, I think that we, we talked about it a little bit here. I would say one thing is that, you know, you don't need to use a new build workspace every time. Like you don't need to come in here, hit the double arrow at the first swap, hit the double arrow at the second swap. You just stay in one build window. So when you open up a swap, you're going to get a new tab, right? And then you're going to swap from this tab. When the next window comes, when you're ready for your next swap, come into this tab, make sure you refresh the projections up at the top. SaberSim is going to figure out, oh, you know, it's, you know, X time, you know, these, this next game has locked. It will gray out those players. And then you can just continue to swap from that window to save time. Right? So I actually really like that idea, continuing to swap from the same window. That way you don't have a bunch of windows open all night here. Uh, Noah said, having a tough time debating which of the two are more important. Uh, to be honest, I would say geometric mean is more important for showdown than min uniques is. Uh, min uniques is a good tool. I think a better tool on classic slates here, not to say you can't use it in showdown, but the, the, the big issue for me is if you have min uniques set to two or more, then if a lineup that you played had five out of the six correct players and the optimal lineup was a one for one swap, you're never going to get to that lineup because you are blocking yourself from having that lineup since you are using min uniques. Not to say that's going to happen all the time here. Uh, you get you get to use the min uniques and see how it moves moves you, how far down it moves you in the pool. So usually, what I've seen in like 500 lineups, you have 20. Setting min uniques to two will usually get you to like lineup 30, which is like completely fine. You're still in about the top five to six percent of your pool. So I don't mind using it a little bit, but I think it's much more valuable for classic slates. Noah said, do I have to do multiple builds to mix low scoring game sims and high scoring game sims? Uh, so no. So in that example where we move the team totals, that those are the average, right? Those are the average team totals for that game now. There is still a distribution of games where some are higher scoring, some are lower scoring. You are just making the average lower, but that doesn't mean some of those high scoring games or lower scoring games 
aren't still going to be mixed into the Sims when you run your lineups. And then Noah said, can you show the GeoMean for a high-scoring NFL showdown? Uh, so so GeoMean is like scoring agnostic a little bit here. So really what it all depends on are the ownership projections here. So we actually have this great video, guys. I just want to call this out. Uh, frequently asked questions in the help docs. You go to the library, you type in the top bar, geometric mean. And then how do ownership product and ownership geometric mean work? This is a four-minute video. I give an example about why it's important. We talk about some ownership, product ownership, geometric mean, how to apply those in the SaberSim app for all plans here. So standard plan, pro plan, ultimate plan, you know, your different options there. So all of that summarized in this quick four-minute video. Check it out. But but really here, right, the way that geometric mean works is that it's looking at the ownership projections for the players on the slate. So something that I like to do personally, which I took this from Matt from a pro video, is you see all these guys whose ownership is, is either zero or very, very low, like 0 0.04, 0 0.07. So these players, if they end up in your lineups, whether they're in the captain or the flex, are going to drive down the geometric mean of your lineups. So I actually like to come in here and set an ownership floor. So something that I'll do is like, I don't know, 2% for captains. So I would just come in here. And then for every captain that is below 2% ownership, I would just come in here and I will set them all to two, right? So I'm going to set them all to two. And then I'm going to go to my flexes. And then the flexes, this could be a, like a little bit higher, but I usually do something around like, like 5%. So like anybody less than five, I'm a, I'm going to put them up to five. What I am doing is I am standardizing the lowest ownership players to make the geo means not so low. So the good thing about doing this is that it can technically only benefit you because if the players come in lower, which is their expected ownership, then that only means that your lineups are going to be less duplicated than SaberSim is telling you after you've inflated these ownership projections. So I'm basically saying, hey, treat every player below two projected points the same in my lineups. And then that way, you know, if a guy is 2.83% owned and, I, and there's another guy that's 0.3% owned, that 0.3% owned guy might end up in a lot more lineups because of his ownership, right? So by standardizing it, I'm basically telling the builder, treat this group of players as equal, and then they can show up a little more equally in my lineups when I, when I, you know, either have a geo mean rule or have a geo mean filter, et cetera here. So I would highly recommend standardizing the lower owned players for those reasons. But that is a really good tip that I learned from that. Patrick said, are we advocating to get rid of late swap for NBA, basically forcing all of us to be by a computer all night? Uh, so if you guys didn't know, we do have a mobile version of SaberSim. You can access it from a web browser. So Safari, Chrome, Firefox, Edge, wh whatever you guys want to use. Uh, our mobile app, we've spent a lot of time trying to make it as good as possible with all of the bells and whistles that you guys have on the desktop here. That way you do not need to take your phone to dinner with your wife and kids. So uh, I would I would highly recommend, you know, checking out our mobile browser and you are able to late swap from your phone if you're on the go. So we know that, that uh, you know, there are life things that we all have to attend to and we wanted to try and build out the best tool for 
to have access to SaberSim on the go. So check out the mobile version. We do have some mobile tutorials on the YouTube channel. So if you go to our frequently asked questions, and then you type in mobile or phone even in the search bar, how to enter SaberSim lineups into your contest on mobile. We have a tutorial for DraftKings and a tutorial for FanDuel. So check those out if you need those. But I am not advocating to get rid of lead swap because right now I think SaberSim has the best lead swap tools in the industry with our live projections and live ownership. Literally nobody else is doing that. And we are giving our customers a huge edge by having those. So I am all pro lead swap at the moment. But uh, looks like one more question here from Samuel said, for NBA, is there a way to determine fantasy points per minute or a metric for it? Great question. So there is not a column for fantasy points per minute, but what you can do here is, well, first I do want to say there's a value column. So this basically takes the projection of the player, divides it by their salary, and then times it by a thousand. So that will tell you the best point per dollar plays on the slate. But for fantasy points per minute, what you would have to do is you'll have to do this manually here. So um, this is a common request. I will make a note here saying uh, add an F, PPM column and take it back as a feature request. But what you would have to do is you'd have to take the projection of the player and then divide it by the minutes. So you could do this like in Excel. So, so what I would do is I would download this file. I would open it. And then what you can do is start a new column. And then I'm going to say FPPM. And then I'm going to say equals my projection divided by, and I'm going to go over here, go find my minutes column. And then now I have an FPPM for Joel Embiid. And then I can just double tap that, and then it will take it all the way down the page. And then I can save this. And then I can go to upload, go grab that file. And then in here, if I believe you have to be on the pro or ultimate plan, but if you come in here and then you go to uh, that column that we just created, this FPPM, I could do add custom column and then it will take the name here and then I could save it. And now I should have that column available. So it is right here, over here on the side. So if you wanted to do that, and then, hey, I want to see, you know, highest fantasy points per minute, and then, boom, I have that info here. So that's one way to do it, guys. Uh, you know, I, I I will take the feature request, feature request back to the team, but I did want to show you guys a way to do that on one of the plans that allows you to add custom columns. Uh, Samuel said, what about usage percent? Can that be a feature as well? Sure, man. I did definitely add that to the list. So usage percent as well but that about does it for today's show everybody appreciate you guys tuning in we will be right back here tomorrow friday for our last show of the week the show will be back to its normally scheduled time at 2 p.m eastern so i will see you guys all 2 p.m eastern tomorrow take care good luck have fun tonight thanks bye